Live from WNUR News, I'm Sean Graves. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Friday, November 3rd. Tonight on WNUR News, what it takes to be an RA, the new Five Nights at Freddy's movie, a trip to H Mart, and a look back at a Halloween fright, Evanston's first snow. Those stories coming up on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. From manning the area desks to running resonant game nights, residential assistants, or RAs, are the unsung heroes of Northwestern dorm life. But what does it take to be one? Gabby Shell has the scoop. You know them. You love them. You awkwardly pass by them in the halls. It's your RA. But how much do you really know about what it takes to be an RA? The official duties of an RA are wide-reaching, from covering the area desk to ensuring community development. Brene Hall, a third year in the School of Communications and second year Foster Walker Complex RA, walked me through the general RA responsibilities. The duties of an RA are very uh, various. Um, You ran into me at the front desk, which is one of our duties. We do that weekly. So there's daily interactions uh, like that, super casual, all the way to like more formal things like planning events. A couple, quite a few times a quarter, uh, it turns out to be about like once a week. overnight shifts as well so we 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 do a lot uh, yeah and then uh bulletin boards decorating so they have us doing a lot of miscellaneous anything that falls under the umbrella of residential life tasks with all of those tasks to manage being an ra is no walk in the park if you add all the hours up 10 to 12 at max the time commitment amounts to around taking an entire extra class that was Dio Babatunde, a senior in McCormick. This is his second quarter as an RA. This year, he is stationed in Elder Hall. Given the time commitment, it can be hard for RAs to balance their duties with the at times intense academic, extracurricular, and social expectations at Northwestern. It can be a little difficult, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's, it's hard to like take uh, space from the RA role. It, it's difficult like when you have like a quarter that's a little bit like heavier in terms of classes or heavier in terms of commitment. It's a, it's a little bit more difficult to balance the role. Um, I feel like in some ways it can be flexible, but in other ways not so much. So there obviously is a threshold of things that have to get done and it can be more of a time commitment and more of a stressor than you might expect. At the end of the day, you just have to find the balance. However, for Baba Tunde, the potential stresses of the job are outweighed by the tangible good he provides for his community, particularly freshmen who are struggling to acclimate to their new environment. I know for me, when I was a freshman, it was very hard for me to make relationships with people. And uh, at least for me, it's just very exciting to be kind of like that proxy for people to like build relationships with, uh, within the dorm. One of the central duties of an RA is to organize community building activities, both formally and informally. These can take the form of study nights, sport tournaments, coffee chats, and more. The goal of these activities are for the residents to get to know their RA and each other. Early in the year, I did a table tennis tournament, which had uh, which was pretty successful. A lot of people turned up. Then I also do, because uh, I like playing basketball a lot, I'll just invite uh, residents out. Coming up with creative new ways to meet residents is a highlight of the job for many, like Joanne Lee, a second-year RA in Shapiro Hall. This year, my favorite event so far has been playing We're Not Really Strangers with my residents. Um, It's a card game 
where you ask each other progressively deeper questions. And I thought it was a great way to get to know um, some of my residents on a deeper level. Beyond creating a community for their residents, RAs have found community with each other. The Resident Assistant Program organizes several all-staff bonding events. As a, a RA staff, we actually had a beach party uh, at the North Beach over there. Fun. And then also, um, we're also doing like a trick-or-treating event for Halloween and things like that. So we've been pretty active in just uh, bringing the community together for sure. RAs also work with their floor, building, and area teams frequently, creating multiple layers of support and camaraderie. Um, what's your favorite part about being an RA? Um, I would say, I, I would say it is commu the community aspect of it. I got really lucky uh, with my um, teammates. So all the other RAs on my team are just super supportive and helpful. You get to meet so many different kinds of people from across campus, and um, hear about their lives and their backgrounds. And everyone has a different perspective on everything, but we're all united by the goal of helping our residents. Um, so it's a really warm and welcoming community. Thank you for listening. For WNUR News, I'm Gabby Shell. Thanks, Gabby. The movie for the hit video game, Five Nights at Freddy's, finally hit movie theaters last week after eight years of development. Max Milo takes you to the night shift at the pizzeria. Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie, was just released in theaters on October 27th. It's a horror movie based off of a video game of the same name. The game, released in 2014, quickly became one of the most popular video games within a year and spurred a surge of sequels, spin-offs, and rip-offs that continue to be released each year. Hello everybody, my name is Markiplier and welcome to Five, five Nights, Nights at Freddy's. At Freddy's. No, what is this? Freddy's, a game no, that I feel like I don't even have to explain anymore because every single person on the planet is playing this game right now. In the game, you play as Mike Schmidt, a night shift security guard at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria, a place seemingly inspired by Chuck E. Cheese or Showbiz Pizza. The goal is to survive five nights in your office without letting the animatronics characteristic of such restaurants get to you because they have somehow gained free will and are out for blood. That noise is the sound of the CCTV system switching between camera feeds. The iconic camera feed is a large part of the movie as well. The security guard in the movie, played by Josh Hutcherson, is also named Mike Schmidt. Elizabeth Lale plays a police officer, and Matthew Lillard plays a career counselor. From iconic horror origins himself, Matthew Lillard is known not only as Shaggy from the live-action Scooby-Doo, but also as Stu Mocker from the original Scream horror movie. Better live her alone. Live her alone! <laughs> Oh, liver, liver, liver. It was a joke. As adaptations go, the movie is incredibly faithful to its source material and the people who helped popularize it. Multiple YouTubers who played the game in their videos can be seen as photographed employees of the month in the background of some scenes. YouTuber Corey Williams, known online as Corey X Kenshin, plays an unfortunate taxi driver. 
Not cool. Why do I always get the weirdos? Another YouTuber, Matthew Patrick, known as MatPat, plays a cheery waiter at a diner pulled right from the game series. <laughs> well, that's no fun. You do realize that lunch is the most important meal of the day. Thought it was breakfast. Some people say that, but you know, it's just a theory. Finally, the movie ends with a fan-made song over the credits. I went into the movie with varied expectations. As a kid, I didn't play the game myself, but I was a child with the internet, with friends who played the game, so I was aware of its jump scares and analog horror. On one hand, I knew the movie would have some fun horror elements. I'm a big scary movie fan. But I was also wary about how it would turn out, given the history of video game adaptations. The film was proposed in 2015, less than a year after the game came out, but took many years in different studio production companies before it ended up with Blumhouse. Even after that, it took two years of script rewrites before the finished product arrived. I grew up with Finance at Freddy's and I really wanted to watch the movie. After watching it, I asked some of my fellow moviegoers, Ethan, Nyla, and Coconut, for their thoughts. For some, the movie was highly anticipated. Um, a lot of people hyped up the movie, especially my friend Ethan, so I came to support as well. I asked them if it lived up to the hype. Uh, a sort of a little, you know? I was just kind of like, they changed a few things, so I was like, oh man, whatever. But it was still a really good movie. Like, I actually kind of liked it. Like, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a good movie, yeah, but um, I could tell that it wasn't. It didn't go with the story as much. Um, I thought it was a pretty good movie, but I didn't. I didn't. I don't know the background story. But if I did know the background story, I probably wouldn't like it. Ethan was fairly into the movie, but for him, some moments took away from the horror. Uh, whenever they were, <laughs> whenever they had that montage of them building the fort, that was kind of like you know, I was like, oh, that's kind of goofy. That's funny, but. It, Overall, I think we'd both agree it was a pretty good movie for what it was. If you are a Five Nights at Freddy's fan, or just a horror movie fan in general, go out and see it, or stream it on Peacock. For WNUR News, I'm Max Milo. One book, one Northwestern's pick for this year is Michelle Zahner's bestseller, Crying in H-Mart. But what exactly does H-Mart mean to students at Northwestern, and what makes it so special? Mika Ellison and Anavi Prakash visited the supermarket to find out. The Super H-Mart in Niles, Illinois lives up to its title. The sprawling Asian supermarket contains entire aisles dedicated to Asian flowers, snacks, and other essential ingredients for cooking in the Asian diaspora. Today, the hum of the refrigerated sections of kimchi and soups is joined by the sound of a tour of Northwestern students. They're here with One Book, One Northwestern as part of a promotion for the book Crying in H Mart. Of course, they're also here to do some shopping. So I'm gonna ask really quickly, how many of you have been to H Mart before? All right, so a lot of you already know. Have you been to this specific H Mart before? Yeah. All right, great. So we're just gonna start walking through. Feel free to like 
That was Weinberg Jr. Jamie Kim, who led a group of students around H Mart, pointing out her favorite dishes and ingredients to get. H Mart, along with other Asian grocery stores like 99 Ranch and Jungbu Market, are more than just places to pick up your favorite brand of instant rice. To many, they can be a lifeline to a culture that might not be accessible where you currently are. Common to find at um, food stalls in the street, especially in the winter time. So this is also something that you can probably find in the Even though everything in H Mart costs a little more than it does back home. Thank you, Everything is so expensive here. Everything in H Mart is a lot more expensive than it actually is. In fact, the title Crying in H Mart comes from the first chapter of the book in which Michelle's honor details how the familiar ambience of an H-Mart can bring back emotional memories. Sesby sophomore Megan Lynn is on the One Book Committee for this year. She helped come up with a trip as part of the programming surrounding this year's book, which also includes a talk by the author, Michelle's honor, and Korean dishes being served in the dining hall. I asked her why H-Mart is important to her. I, I just like grocery shopping a lot. It just makes me so happy. I'm a huge foodie. Of course, I also had to ask the titular question. You cried in H-Mart okay. or an H-Mart similar space? This is a funny question. <laughs> I guess not. No, you never cried? I mean, I've cried over food, but... <laughs> when was the last time you cried over food? I don't know, like maybe... A few yeah, months ago, break. last winter break. Winter break, was it like coming home and eating food that you like? My mom loves making me snails. And some people are like, ew, snails, but I love it. The One Book team also provided lunch for the students, ordering dishes from H Mart's customary food court. Here's Weinberg freshman Hannah Kwok describing her plate. Uh, we're having dumplings, dokki, jajangmyeon, some pe- pe- Korean chicken. Afterwards, students were set free to shop, picking up dorm food items like shin ramen and snacks like pocky and choco pies. On the bus back, the seats were nearly half filled with H-Mart bags and the sounds of students organizing their purchases. Some students have been going to H-Mart long before it was chosen for this year's One Book, One Northwestern. After reading Crying in H-Mart, Medill freshman Sarah Lynn was taken back to when she went to the Niles H-Mart as a child with her parents. And I felt like really connected to her descriptions and everything because when she was describing it, even like in the beginning of the book, I was like using my little like um, memory palace in my head thinking about the H-Mart in Niles. For people who are going on their first trip to H-Mart, Lynn has some recommendations. A lot of them have like very nice snack aisles (laughs) as you can see you those are my priorities are but just try out all like the fun asian snacks for wnur news i'm anavi prakash and i'm mika ellison were halloween's frightening flurries a fluke plus a definitive ranking of winter accessories here's juliet allen with the weather hi I'm Juliet. Welcome back to Fairweather Friends. Each week, we give you a peek into the local and national weather. It's November now, but I'm saying yes to Chicago fall. From Evanston, Illinois, this is Fairweather Friends. Who's the weather?
Well, everyone, the Halloween festivities last week brought thrills and literal chills to campus. Last week started with a balmy 82 degree high on Tuesday, which disappointed everyone who had already switched into their autumn wardrobes. From there, the temperature dropped steadily going into Halloween weekend, landing around the mid-40s until Tuesday brought us our first snowfall to close out spooky season. It stuck around for a bit, but like the vampires, it was no match for the sun that emerged on Wednesday. This weekend, we'll be rocking in the mid to upper 50s during the day, with chillier nights in the 40s. Expect to see some clouds, though, with cloud cover in the 70th and 80th percentile. The clouds are also sticking around into next week, and it looks like we'll be joined by some periods of rain on Wednesday and Thursday. Chicago temperatures can be unpredictable this time of year, so make sure to check the Feels Like forecast every morning to make sure you're dressing for success. Speaking of dressing, the first snow of the season really has me thinking about supplementary cold weather accessories. What's the best thing to add when that jack and a boots combo just isn't enough? I've given it a lot of thought. Here's my definitive ranking. My last place pick really gets a ton of points for utility, but it has to be on the bottom sheerly based on how you look when you're wearing one. At dead last, number five, the neck gaiter. Number four is going to have to be gloves and or mittens. You're telling me I now have not one, but two extra things to keep track of? And forget ever using your phone. If losing a glove ever gets me a love story like Kate Blanchett and Carol, I'll reconsider. Coming into the podium, I've given scarves my number three pick. It's hard to deny their fashionable flourish, but they're high risk, high reward. My runner-up is going to be beanies. With the amount of colors and designs, I think a person's beanie can say a lot about who they are. They are also undeniably warm. And finally, my first place spot is going to, and I feel like this is going to be a controversial choice, earmuffs. A proper set of earmuffs is wildly underrated. They keep your ears warm without giving you hat head and ruining your good hair day. That's all for this week's edition of Fairweather Friends. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, consider buying yourself a pair of earmuffs. In Evanston, Illinois, Juliet Allen, WNUR News. And it seems today's brisk and seasonable weather will continue into this weekend. Today's high was 57 degrees and the low, 47 degrees. Taking a look into the headlines. Two former Northwestern football players described a racist team culture at a news conference this morning. Though their time at NU predated now-fired coach Pat Fitzgerald, their claims add to the litany of revelations about alleged hazing within the football team. A wide-ranging federal racketeering trial against Chicago Alderman Edward Burke is set to begin next week. Prosecutors allegedly tried to shake down businesses and profit from various schemes and public projects. A fellow alderman, himself accused of abusing his office for profit, served as a mole for the FBI in the case. A slowdown for employment could mean a cooldown for the U.S. economy. The Labor Department reported today that September saw only half of the jobs added compared to the previous month, and the unemployment rate has risen. Experts say the trends could halt the Fed's push to further raise interest rates. And 75 years ago on this day, the Chicago Tribune published perhaps one of America's most infamous headlines. Its front page declared, quote, Dewey defeats Truman, even though Harry Truman held off his challenger. A picture of Truman Breamingly holding up the paper a few days later, immortalized the headline, so confidently bold, yet so confidently wrong. And that's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. 
for more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other WNUR News stories on our website, WNURnews.org. That's WNURnews.org. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer today is Erica Schmidt, and our reporters are Gabby Shell, Max Milo, Anavi Prakash, Mika Ellison, and Juliet Allen. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. I'm Sean Graves. Catch our next newscast on Monday, November 6th at 6 p.m. Now, back to scheduled programming.